Hey there, I'm Stephanie Milfeld, and this is my podcast. That's so crazy to say. I'm new to this, so please bear with me as I figure out all the sound and mics and technical stuff. I wholeheartedly believe that when we share our stories, it helps others to have the courage to tell theirs, which is why I've invited some fabulous women who might also be friends of mine right here to share their stories with you. You're always welcome to join us as we chat about everything from family, kids, and partners to girlfriends, food, and fun. You'll probably pee in your mom jeans a little, but we won't judge. So come sit with us. So today's guest is a fellow boss babe, entrepreneur, Jadita. So I often refer to her as the rice girl because she's the creative mind behind the sensory rice that we carry in store at Z&Q, and my girls absolutely love it. So fun. Anyway, she gets personal speaking about her blended family, and I can't wait for you to hear what she has to share. So zone out from the rest of the world, kids and chaos, and come sit with us. Today, I'm so excited to introduce y'all to my friend, Jadida. It's a high set. Yep. Dimmick. <laughs> hey. Hello, everyone. So, quick backstory on us. I met her at our local farmer's market in our neighborhood. Um, so, she had this little table set up with her sensory rice and noodles, you know, all that stuff. Um, and so, if you aren't already aware, I own a children's boutique with a sensory bar area filled with putty and Play-Doh and sensory sand and water beads, like literally all the things um, sensory. So when I saw her table, it was right up my alley. And of course the girls were like drawn to it like a magnet. Um, Cause she has like this little table that the kids can like play and see all the stuff um, and interact with it. So um, little did I know that was your first market. Mm-hmm. That is right. That was my first market. I was so so nervous. <laughs> um, and so anyway, the forces from above just lined up um, to make sure that our paths crossed. And I'm so happy they did. Me too. <laughs> um, so I just want to thank you for taking your time out of your day to come sit with us um, and share your stories. So let's start back with like your childhood. So where are you from? Okay. So I'm originally from, um, Illinois. I was born in Libertyville, grew up in Waukegan, which is not too far from Chicago. Um, was there with my brother, my sister, my mom, parents divorced, you know, really young. Um, so I've always known my mom to be a single mom. She did remarry over the years, whatnot. Uh, we moved to Florida in 98. My grandparents actually moved down first in 93, bought a home. And my mom being the youngest of three, of course, you know, the baby of the family decided, you know what, I need to follow my parents. So we moved just right before I was going to start high school, which was fun, fine, <laughs> but also very difficult because, you know, it's, I was an eighth grader and just graduated eighth grade. And now I was leaving all my friends and family and we were moving to a new state. And I had been here before, um, visiting family and had come down with my dad as well a couple of times so it wasn't you know unfamiliar to me but to start high school was pretty drastic so went to colonial high school here in orlando and yeah um did cheerleading did dance did chorus throughout high school so i was always very active um my family is very artistic in like the musical sense um My grandfather plays a guitar. My mom sings. Uh, She was a salsa dancer as well, so she would do her competitions. My dad is like a Latin percussionist, so he plays the bongos, the congas, things like that. So our family grew up very musical. My uncles play different instruments. My brother does a Latin percussion too. My sister can sing, but she won't say that she can, and she (laughs) won't do it in front of you, but I've heard her before, and so she's got a good voice. What is your heritage? I'm Puerto Rican. Um, my parents were born there. My grandparents were born there. But I was, my, my siblings and I, we were born in the States. So we were born in Illinois. Yeah. Oh, okay. So um, you said you have two siblings? I have actually three siblings. Three siblings. So um, my mom's first marriage, she had my sister and my brother. Uh, my sister's name is Bianice. Uh, and then my brother's name is Ray. They're both married. They both have children. They both live here in Florida, uh, not too far from where I'm at. And then my dad remarried, and I have a younger brother named John Michael, um, and they live in New Jersey. So I'm the only child from same mom, same dad. So I come from a blended family. And 
how old were you when your parents separated? Oh, goodness. This is the battle with my mom and I because we can never remember. <laughs> she never remembers. Um, goodness. I, I thought it was like, I was born in 84. I thought they had maybe separated like 87. I, I honestly can't remember my parents being together just because that's how young I was. Um, I think she says they divorced in 89. But my dad was always around, you know. Uh, my parents co-parented very well. I spent time with my dad in Puerto Rico almost every summer up until probably about the age of 10, I think, uh, or maybe a little bit younger. And then- So or- he lived in Puerto Rico, you lived in Illinois. So he kind of moved from Florida to Puerto Rico, had family in Jersey. <laughs> so he kind of just bounced all over the place a little bit. Not so primarily you were with your mom then. Yeah, I was I was with my mom. I'd always been with my mom, but he was always around. So he always made sure that he came for me or, you know, sent me to Puerto Rico to spend time with him and his family um, there during the summer. Then when he moved to New Jersey, um, I would go visit him there in New Jersey. After my brother was born, my younger brother was born, uh, they decided to move down to Florida. So he was here for quite some time, um, close to where I lived at the time as well, East Orlando, and then decided that it was time to go back up to Jersey. So he did. He went back to Jersey and started working there, and that's where they're at now. So how did separation, blended family, all that, how did that affect your thoughts about blended families like for your future? To me, it was normal, I guess. I, I saw it as normal because, you know, my mom from her first marriage had two kids. Second marriage had, you know, myself and then my dad, you know, remarried and had a son. So I didn't see it as, you know, not normal. That's just life. Yeah, yeah. that's just <laughs> what happens, you know, like they need somebody to love them too, you know, like if they have a kid, if they don't have a kid, you know. So for me, that was normal. Um, I did know from like a very young age, I always wanted to be a wife, a mom. Um, I wanted to be a forensic uh, pathologist because I like all things medical, but I was like, that's too long for school. Like I can't, I don't want to do that. Um, I like the medical field. But for me, as far as blended family, I always saw it as normal. As I grew up though, I had the mindset that I didn't want to marry somebody who had a child already because I didn't want the quote unquote baby mama drama. Even though you didn't really see that drama with your No, baby not mama. at all. My mom and my dad were always very cordial to each other. Um, and even with my stepmom, you know, being in the picture, because my dad, he got with my stepmom not to, you know, I was I was still very young when they got together. So they've been together for 20 plus years. So my mom and my stepmom have a, a good relationship. Like they're cordial with each other. Like I, I never saw anything. And my mom was never the type that would talk negative about my dad or vice versa. So I always saw it as normal to be and a blended family. you had good relationships with your step-parents? Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've had my mom, you know, remarried. And we, my stepdad, we call him Pops. And he's been great. Uh, you know, he calls my sister, my brother and I, you know, like his own children. So, And he's got his own as well. But that's how he views us, like we're his children. Even though we were older when they got mm-hmm. together, but that's just how he views us. It's not, you're my stepdaughter, my, you're, you're my daughter, mm-hmm. that's it. Like That is correct, yep. Um, so, fast forward a little bit, where did you meet your husband? So I met my husband at church um, in around the Orlando, like uh, Florida Mall area. Mm-hmm. There's a, actually, no, you know what? Close to like OBT area, we met at a church. Um, he had already been serving there, single dad. Um, I think we met in 2008 is when I first started going to that church, and he had already been there helping, ushering, doing whatever he could. Um, and his daughter was always with him every single weekend, majority of the time. So we kind of just saw each other, you know, through services and through different events. Um, and so I actually built up a relationship with her prior to even us being a thought <laughs> of getting together. Um, I was a part of a dance ministry out of that church. It was a hip hop dance ministry. And eventually I took leadership over that dance ministry. And she decided um, like at eight or nine that she was going to start her own little trio with two other girls from the church. And they wanted to perform at the events that we would do. And so we kind of did like a mentoring thing where 
the dance ministry that I was on would include them in some of the performances that we were doing. So they would come over and practice. We would do Bible studies together. So at this like, point, you still it was just her. You didn't yeah, really pay attention. No, to him. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Um, and he and he, my family jokes all the time because it's like uh, he was not the type that I was looking for, and I wasn't really looking. Um, I had been single for I think it was almost five years, and he had been single for almost seven years before we even even started talking. Um, but he was just a brother from church and I was just a sister from church. So, um, my stepdaughter and I, we actually started a relationship first through, you know, just the dance ministry side. And it wasn't until 2012, December 31st, 2012, uh, where my pastor was like, Hey, you know, we're going to have like this prayer, prayer chain that we have three times a day. I want you to hop on and make sure, you know, it's ringing in the new year. And I work for the Orlando Magic Seasonal. And he had called and said, hey, you know, when you get a chance, I want to speak to you about something. And for me, I'm like, uh-oh, red flag, something's wrong. <laughs> I got to call him. We're going to talk. Cool. And he was just like, hey, I just want to, you know, throw something at you. And pretty much throughout the idea of like, what do you think about so-and-so? And I'm like, well, I'm not really thinking about anybody right now, nor <laughs> so the pastor is the one who reached out yeah, to Yeah, he, he and his wife like to play matchmaker in the church. And I did not know that months before that happened, probably like two months before we had had our conversation, he had actually spoke with my husband uh, beforehand and was like, hey, so what do you think about so-and-so? And he was like, she's a hip-hop dancer. That's not my type. Like, didn't even... It wasn't even something in our minds. And it wasn't until after... Um, that phone conversation that I really started to think about like him in a different way. And I'm like, could it be, is it a match made in heaven? I'm like, no, let me not, you know, feed into the comments and the idea of it because I just didn't as females, mm -hmm. females naturally like attention. And so I wanted to be very cautious because he had, hadn't been in a relationship for seven years. I hadn't been in one for five years. He had a daughter. So that was not just his heart I was investing into. It was going to be his daughter's as well. And so you were aware at the time that he was not married. Yeah. He, he had never dad. actually been married to his daughter's mm -hmm. mother. Um, they were like, high school sweethearts they met you know he, I think he was 16 she was 14 and uh they came from Pennsylvania he's from Colorado they moved down from Pennsylvania restarted their relationship had their daughter and then right before she was about two years old they separated she got married and had two other kids um and he just he just kind of stayed single um, he did date. Did but they like live nearby so that that's why he had her every weekend? Yeah, so they moved. What was they, he moved first to Kissimmee and then she came down so they could try to mend their relationship. And they did for a couple of years. She got pregnant um, and it wasn't, like I said, too long mm -hmm. after. She was about just before she turned two years old that they decided, you know, it just wasn't going to work out. So he. At that point, they decided verbally that they were going to have, you know, like split days. And so he would have her four days a week and she would have her three days a week. And she's still basically a baby at this point. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. So not in school. Not in, nope. you know, that mm -mm. Kind of stuff. Mm -mm. Not in school at all. So it was it was just like a verbal agreement mm -hmm. that that's how they were going to do it. And that's what he did. So he was pretty much a single dad raising his daughter the days that he had her. Mm -hmm. So she, um, up until about fourth grade, you know, she was going to school. And then at fourth grade, the mom decided, you know what, I'm going to pull her out and I want to homeschool her. Um, that wasn't a decision that he agreed upon, but because he didn't want to go to court to fight her as a single father financially, that wasn't the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. He just didn't want to do it and have her in the middle of that chaos. So he's fine, you know, go ahead and put her in homeschool. Uh, but he was always an advocate for her to go to school and have that social interaction. And it wasn't until high school that we really pushed for it to happen. And so she had been homeschooled all that time up until high school. So he lived in Kissimmee, moved to St. Cloud, and they would travel, you know, he would travel back and forth to pick her up, you know, Thursdays and then uh, drop so, her off Monday mornings. Oh, so still pretty split. Yeah, it was pretty split. Um, we finally decided to commit to each other uh, March 2013. Um, so not too long after I passed her, had put that little, you know, 
nugget in our ear, mm-hmm. like, what do you think about so-and-so? What about, what about this person? <laughs> um, so we started talking, just kind of putting out feelers just mm-hmm. to see, and we kept it very low-key. We did not tell anybody that we were actually talking or dating. Uh, it was only our pastor and his wife that knew, because we wanted to make sure that it was between us yeah. and that the opinions of other people didn't matter. And we wanted to make sure that God was the focus of it, too, uh, and to get confirmation that we were going to proceed and, and this was going to lead to a relationship leading to marriage. And so we got together March 2013, made it official just right before his birthday, which he shares the same birthday as my mother. <laughs> and the March 6th is when we announced to like his daughter. He spoke to her and I announced to my mom and stepdad that we were in a relationship, that we were committing to each other. Uh, May he proposed. And by September 2013, we were married. So it happened wow. really quickly. Yeah, we, we knew we were older. So we're like, OK, there's no messing around. Let's do it. So were you worried at all about him bringing it up to his daughter, being that you already had established kind of a relationship with her? I was nervous, but when he told her he she was actually excited, it was kind of like the cool thing, like dad is marrying the hip-hop dancer from church kind of thing, <laughs> and we already had that relationship, so... Hmm. Um, so it wasn't like you were some total stranger? No, not at all. I mean. No, not at all, like... If anything, you know, she would write like little letters to different people in the church, you know, about like visions that she would have or just like sweet love notes like that I still have to this day uh, somewhere in a in a notebook put away in a box. So we always had that that relationship. It was just like, you know, oh, she's like a cute little kid, you know, and mentoring her and never thought that she would become my stepdaughter. So she was pretty excited about it. My step my stepdad and my mom, they were accepting of it. They knew him because my mom started going to the church as well. So my family already knew him from, you know, just going to church. Mm-hmm. They never thought that I would end up marrying him though. <laughs> so they were shocked to say the least. So what so their custody agreement pretty much stayed the same even when she was homeschooled. And then what about when she went to high school? So it wasn't, I think it was, my husband said um, probably a year or two later after we had gotten married, uh, her mother decided that now she wanted to have more time with her. So instead of him having the four days. But at this point, she's a teenager. Yeah, she was 13 when we got married. Um, she's a leap year baby. She was born February 29th. Yeah. So she was 13. She had just turned 13 that year when we got married. And, you know, we had been pushing for her to go to school in eighth grade, but her mom wasn't for it. So we're like, all right, let's push it for high school. Because we wanted her to really have that experience yeah. and that social interaction. So it wasn't until I think when she started high school, maybe a year later, that she was like, I want more time with her. So to not cause any issues, they decided every other Thursday he would pick her up and still have her Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then the following week, she would have her Thursday, Friday. So they would just switch on and off. But by the time we were together and we were married and living together, she was pretty much with us every single weekend, whether we got her on Thursday or Friday night. Mm -hmm. Um, But even prior to that, like there were issues where... When she was younger, she had her little Instagram account, you know, cute little stuff that she would post. But there would be times where she would post things about not wanting to go back home to her mom's side. So when she was younger, the people we were around at church could tell you that their relationship was super tight. Um, And over the years, things have changed. And so for people to ask us how we're doing now and how she's doing and to hear where we're at now, it's very shocking to them that things have changed drastically. Um, The mom gave her a lot of freedom after, you know, she started going to high school and letting her experience different things. And they lived in celebration and we were still living here in Kissimmee side. So regardless, my husband was always the one that was picking her up and dropping her off at school. So he would wake up early. If we got her on Thursday night, he would wake up early Friday morning to drive from Kissimmee all the way to Celebration. To There's drop no her easy off. way to get to yeah, Celebration. to Celebration High School, pick her up after school, have her Saturday, Sunday, then, you know, drop her off early Monday morning to school again. So that was just, you know, the, the deal that they had. He never wanted it to get to that legal level because, again, financially it would have been tough, especially as a single dad. I think had we, you know, maybe when we first got married, those first couple of years decided, like, we're going to go to court. She probably would have stated that she wanted to stay with us more time than with her mom just because it was a very different 
uh, lifestyle on her mom's side. And this is, I'm not talking bad about her mom mm-hmm. because I actually have never really had many encounters with her mom. I met her mom the first time, December 12th, 2012. We did a performance and she was just dropping her daughter off to perform and she was going to pick her up and that was it. Um, when she started high school, my stepdaughter was on the um, soccer team and we would see each other at a couple of games yeah. and a few interactions of me having to drop her off or meet her mom, you know, you know, so that she could go with her mom. But we've never really sat down, had conversations. We never had any strife, never had... She didn't do anything to me. I didn't do anything to her. So we were always cordial to each other the times that we did see each other. But we've never, like, had a relationship like my mom had with my stepmom, like, where Mm -hmm. they can be in the same room, have conversations, joke. It was never like that. It was, here's, you know, Elle, you know, she's going with you. Okay, see you on Monday, kid, you know, and that was it. That was it. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you think made you... not seek out that relationship with her um jeez I don't know I think I was nervous um I think that just hearing my husband's side of the story and how the mom was and is I guess just kind of made me push back like I'm not gonna Overset boundaries. Yeah, you know, like I want to be cautious. I want to be respectful as Mm -hmm. well because I didn't want her to think that I was trying to take her place. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, my husband had been single for so many years, so this was new to my stepdaughter. It was new to me. It was new to my husband. It was definitely going to be new to her. Even though she had already been married for so many years and had two other kids with her husband, this is still new. You You also don't want to make it any more complicated for your husband no not at all and so very cautious like I was like I don't want to have to deal with her you know if I don't (laughs) have to but I think her background as well she I guess always viewed herself maybe as like the black sheep she was adopted and so I think just how their relationship ended and how over the years there were times where it was difficult between them I didn't want to enter that that side of things so I never pursued a relationship with her um and and maybe I should have um maybe she should have I I don't know Mm -hmm. it just never really happened I just I wanted to be respectful and set boundaries as well like I didn't want to be become BFFs with her like that's not what I wanted because she's remarried I'm married to her ex you know like you all have never done anything as like she and her husband, you and your husband, and not at all together. Never, never. And actually, the funny thing is, is that her parents really love my husband. Like they adore him, and they always saw him as a good father because he was very active in her life. Like any time that he was able to get her, he got her. And even when they were split, like if her side of the family would come down and they wanted to spend more time with my stepdaughter L. Okay, no problem. Take her, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. they always had a good relationship. It was just, I think, how things ended between them, it was just never the same. And so it was, I think, a lot of the times she would use um, my stepdaughter, you know, like, out of spite on certain occasions, which is not the best. You don't want to use a kid, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you don't want to make the kid have to choose, like, which parent they like better and... Oh, yeah. So I'm not saying she did that, but you don't even want to do that in the not unblended family. You know, you would never want your son to pick between you and your husband. You know, who definitely not. (laughs) I know it would be me, but (laughs) (laughs) he loves to cuddle me and he likes to have fun with dad. So whatever. It's always fun, dad. Dad is always fun. Mom's always the one that has to be the caring, loving. Let me wipe your tears, and then fun dad comes home, and you're like. Chop liver. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> they have fun all the time. They do the dude stuff is what they what they call it. Let's do the dude stuff, the guy stuff. So I just never wanted to overstep, you know, as a step parent, as a new, you know, the wife coming in. And, you know, the picture changed a lot, you know. So we had and to get she was older. To, yeah, she was older. So I just wanted to be very cautious. And I also didn't want my stepdaughter to think that I was becoming the evil stepmother. So a lot of the times, if I had something I needed to express 
about maybe, you know, something in the house or she needed to pick up her room or, hey, we need to say something to her. I would always go to my husband first because I just didn't want her to feel like we got married. Now we're family. And now I get to tell you what I yeah, want to tell you to do. You're taking yeah. over. Like. Definitely not. Just because we already had a relationship before we got married. And so I wanted her to still see me as someone she could come to. Um and so I always went to my husband if there was an issue or, you know, a problem that was in the house. And not big problems, just like, hey, you know, she needs to clean up her room. You know, can you remind her to do this or little things like that. But I was very cautious on that, too, because, again, I didn't want her to feel like I was picking on her. Yeah. Because she was getting a lot of that on her mom's side. So you all, you always knew that you wanted children. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And you got married quickly. Yes. <laughs> so um, was it easy for you to get pregnant? Uh, actually, it was easy. But um, years prior, like early 20s and through my, my late 20s, um, my doctor had always informed me that it would be hard to get pregnant, um, that I would probably not be able to get pregnant naturally um, every year. Was there year. a reason behind it? Yeah. So every year I would go for my, you know, mm-hmm. checkup and um, my test would always come back abnormal, showing precancerous cells. So then I would have to go every six months to get a test to just make mm-hmm. sure that everything would come back normal. And it did. Um, and so I always had this fear, the back of my mind that I was not going to be able to get pregnant. And my husband and I had agreed that even before we committed to each other, like the night that we were like, all right, are we going to do this? Are we going to be boyfriend and girlfriend? Are we going to like <laughs> go for it? We talked about a lot of things like, what kind of car do you want? What kind of house do you want? Do you, he asked me, do you like cats or dogs? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> I don't like cats. And that was a serious question yeah. for him. Yeah. He wanted to make sure that I was... Not You're gonna not a crazy cat lady. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm okay with dogs, but we don't have any pets. So we did discuss kids because he he's older than me. Um, he's seven years older than me. So that was pretty big for me. Like, I'm younger. I can still carry children, you know, have babies. And I wanted to try. And we talked about having at least two kids. And he said he had always wanted more kids. But the way that life had planned out... He had his daughter, mm-hmm. never really got with anybody else and thought, okay, yes, I'm going to marry this person and have kids with them. Well, and at an older age, like, we're not playing games here. Yeah. Like, you know, it is what it is. Do you like this or not? Like, what is your future? Mm-hmm. You know, before we get into this and figure it yes. out later, let's just that was important. clear this late now. And that was important. what's going on. And, and one of the things I we had discussed, too, was um, how she would feel. You know, even though she had younger siblings on her mom's side, um, it was going to be different for her dad because it was always always just him and her. So I knew that was going to be difficult for her. And then just being split between two homes and not being able to be with him full time. I know that that was her desire to be with him all the time. But he also wanted to make sure that she had a relationship with her mom and then it in turn into like. We're going to fight for custody. Like, I'm going to win or you're going to... He didn't want that, you know? So we did talk about kids, and I wanted to hear him out on how he would present this to his daughter. Like, because I was I was nervous that he would choose his daughter over a relationship or me or pursuing, you know, marriage and more kids because it had been him and her for such a long time. And so I know I know that he was trying to be he was going to be trying to he was going to try to be sensitive to her feelings as well. Um, but he assured me he's like, listen, you know, my daughter's my princess, but you're my queen. Like, the queen comes first, you know. Um, so he did very good at trying to split his time. So during the week we would have our dates, and on the weekends we knew that it was family time. And we did discuss having you know at least two kids, and you know he. If he could have had more, he probably would have had more. Um, but because he was already older and we kind of started late in our relationship, <laughs> we decided to wait two years to have kids. If it was for me, I would have started right after we got married. But he was like, let's enjoy our time, which was smart because we wanted to make sure that my stepdaughter also felt, you know, included in this marriage. That it, we had time together as us three as a new mm-hmm. family, traveling, Wasn't doing so things. much new stuff. At yeah, time. I mean, dad has a new girlfriend. Now he got engaged within months, and now they're getting married within months. This is crazy. And then to have kids thrown into the mix, mm-hmm. I think that would have been difficult. And even from an early standpoint, when people would ask if we wanted 
when when I was gonna be popping out babies, it was very awkward because I knew she didn't want to have any more siblings. And the reason why she didn't want to have any more siblings is because she was homeschooled and she would have to stay home with her brothers a lot, kind of homeschooling themselves because mm-hmm. her mother worked third shift. So, you know, they would sleep during the day and, you know, work mm-hmm. at night. So it was almost like she was having to take care of herself and her younger brothers and having to homeschool herself and her siblings as they got older. So being a dad's house, she's a kid. Yeah. And we did a lot to feed into her gifts. Like she's very artistic. Uh, naturally, she she had rhythm. She could dance. Uh, my husband is artistic too. Like he, he'll never really say it or share it, <laughs> but he, re- he really is good at painting and drawing. And she came out the same way. So we did our best to try to feed into those gifts because we wanted to make sure that whatever she decided to do when she got older, like we did our best to like, let her explore, you know, buying her the art supplies and the easels and being creative. Like we're a creative family. So we wanted to make sure she had that outlet too. So we waited the two years, had my son, but prior to that, she made it very clear that she didn't want to have any more siblings because it wasn't going to be fair that they were going to be with us full time. And she was only with us part of the time. Well, and that was the same tough. time. Like it's not really your choice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I had that conversation with her a couple of times, like, you know, I love you. You know that this is really important. You know, I want to experience being a mother. I want to have that opportunity to like be pregnant and have that experience having a child. Like I still love you and I'm going to love you. Yeah. That doesn't change. And I thought that it was always going to be difficult. Like, oh, you can never love, you know, someone, you know, another child, a stepchild, the way that you love your biological child. And that was a mindset that I had for a really long time, and and that broke. I mean, big time. It broke. So um, I love her just the same, you know? Yeah, so she's your daughter. <laughs> sorry. No, don't be sorry. Oh, man. So over the years, as, you know, she was getting older, uh, my husband became a student pastor at another church, not the same church where we met, um, got an opportunity um, had a random phone call from a gentleman named Tim Wisehire, who had um, met him at an event that we did, that he did with our old pastor at another church here in Kissimmee. And we were, you know, talking about the idea of do we stay at our home church or do we leave? Because we knew that she needed something. She was 14, 15, like we wanted to make sure that she had an outlet too. Yeah. And our old church was very like, it was family based and there was a lot of families, but there weren't a lot of children or teens, you know, that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we decided, you know what, we live in Osceola County. Um, let's see if we can find a church in Osceola County uh, to be connected to the community there. We decided we were going to continue to stay at our home church. And that same week that we decided, he receives this random phone call. Hey, I met you like one time at an event. Our church is looking for a student pastor. Would you be interested? And so he was like, all right, well, we're back to square one now. What do we do? He took the opportunity. We were there for four years. I think the pressure of her her dad, my husband, being a student pastor was a lot. You're coming from two different homes. You're being split. You know, you're having to deal with these issues on your mom's side and you're having to deal with these things on your dad's side. And it's almost like she had to reset. Every time she went to her mom's, it was going to be... One way. Yes. And every time she came with us, it was going to be another way. And we wanted her to have that high school experience and experience like going to home, you know, um, prom and homecoming and, Mm -hmm. you know, hanging out with friends. But we also set rules just like any other parent would Mm -hmm. because you were once a teen. And so we know (laughs) what we did. And so we wanted to, you know, we wanted her to have fun. We didn't want her to focus on boys. But I think being homeschooled for so long and not having that social interaction um, and as people would say, she was in a bubble. She really wasn't in a bubble. She hung out with a lot of other, you know, a lot of kids and uh, a lot of adults as well. So she was very mature for her age. I think being thrown into high school, she was opened to a lot of things that she had not been open to before. So, you know, it seems pleasing. It seems appeasing. So why not do some of those things or try some of those things? And nothing crazy, yeah. nothing like that, but... You know, where where everybody would say, oh, that's normal for a teen. For us, it's like, no, that's not normal, you know. But because she was getting a lot more freedom 
from her mom and that's how she was showing love to my daughter, well, you're going to take that freedom over, well, I can't hang out with my friends because I got to go over to my dad's this weekend, you know? Mm-hmm. Now it becomes a blame on you guys because yeah. you're not letting her. Yeah. And it, it, was, it wasn't it was only just that. It was, listen, we're picking you up all the way in celebration. That's 45 minutes. And then you're supposed to be spending time with us on the weekends. And then you want to go spend time with your, your friends on the weekends. So then now we have to drive another 45 minutes to take you back. So it was never her mom, you know, driving her back and forth. It was my husband. I want her, I'll pick her up, I'll drop her off. That's mm-hmm. how it always was. So just right before she turned 17, she decided that you know she was going to start making her own decisions. Um, mom was giving her more freedom, like I mentioned earlier, and so she was going to be hanging out with her friends more and wanted to have that high school experience and really stopped coming around right before she turned 17. Uh, my son was probably five and a half months, six months when she stopped coming around. And that was very difficult because you have someone every weekend and you spend time with them every weekend and you build this relationship with them. And it was kind of like cold turkey almost, like just ripped, ripped apart. And so we started to notice the change and, oh, well, this weekend I'm going to go hang out with my friends. Oh, well, now that I'm 17, you know, you said I can make my own decisions because I'm I'm old enough to make my own decisions. So now I'm going to stay with mom more and, you know. She would hang out with her friends during the week, hang out with her friends on the weekends. You know, she had her boyfriends, her friends, and it was just, we became pushed aside. Um, My son turned one. She didn't come around. Um, We missed her 17th birthday. Uh, She missed his, my son's first birthday, missed my husband's birthday that year. Um, I think maybe we saw her once after like February 2017, that whole year, maybe twice. The following year, uh, I think she, okay, she had turned 18 and my son was, he was 18 months. We had seen her around that time frame. You know, we tried to stay in contact, like, hey, when are you going to come over? And it just became like slowly, but surely like not really messaging us back, uh, not responding to any of our text messages or even messages on on Facebook or Instagram. Heartbreaking for your husband. Yeah, because they were like partners in crime. You know, so you start to see the process of the heartbreak happening. And by the time she had turned 18 that year, there was pretty much no contact whatsoever. Um, November 2018, we had received a message after months of trying to connect with her um, that she was 30 weeks pregnant. And so after all this time, not being able to see her, not being able to talk to her. She responds with a message to my husband on Facebook that I'm sorry, dad, to contact you this way, but I just want to let you know that I'm 30 weeks pregnant. I'm having a boy and I would like for you guys to be a part of his life. And I would like for you to meet, you know, the baby's dad and his side of the family. And of course, after all this time, like we'll take the opportunity to, you know, try to restore that relationship and, It was difficult. That same night, someone uh, vandalized our home. They threw a piece of cement through our kitchen door window. um, And we thought somebody was out to get us. There was glass everywhere. So it was like one thing after another. Like, we find out she's 30 weeks pregnant. Then somebody throws, you know, a piece of cement through our window. It was just hell. Really, it was. And it was the week of Thanksgiving. Stayed in a hotel. We had to deal with the fact that now we know this news. My husband, of course, is heartbroken. I'm heartbroken. There's not much that I can say or do to help my husband in this case because this is his partner in crime. This was, you know, this is his daughter. And and really, what do you say? There's nothing. Because anything that you say, it's not, it's not going to fix it. It's not going to make it better. You know, it's, it's just a tough situation. Super tough. So that week we spent Thanksgiving in a uh, resort that, uh, fortunately, um, his boss, um, took care of us and get out of the house while your house is getting fixed or whatever. Actually, that happened. I'm sorry. That happened a week later because our vet, our home was vandalized the Sunday right after. So twice in one week, somebody had thrown cement blocks through our windows. Um, and it was just a really rough week that we had to deal with. So we stayed at a resort for some time. And even then, through all that, we still tried to contact her. Um, the end of 2018, she invited us uh, to have dinner with the baby's dad and his family. And my husband actually knew 
um, my stepdaughter's boyfriend at the time um, because my husband works for Fellowship of Christian Athletes. So he would go into the high schools and have these huddles and things like that and mm-hmm. meet with the, the, the athletic director, the coaches and sports teams and, you know, just have these huddles with them and, you know, kind of like mentor them, um, yeah. bring them food because we know <laughs> all, all football players love food, free food. So he had actually met this guy prior to, but, you know, we didn't know that they were going to end up together. Um, especially having a baby. So we met for dinner and it was definitely difficult because I think this was like two or three weeks after she had just told us that she was pregnant. So this is the first time we see her, seen her. in almost a year or so. Someone and- yeah, eight months, seven months, eight months. I'll say seven. She was seven. Okay, so about seven months. So this is difficult. You're seeing your daughter for the first time in the longest and she's pregnant. This is your baby girl. You know, mm-hmm. like... This is awkward. We're we're meeting under these circumstances and it's super awkward. So you can imagine like my husband is trying to put on a face because we really want to have a relationship yeah. with her. You we don't really want anything want... to ruin it. No, but it was definitely difficult to sit there and just for me I was I was more on the talkative side because I was trying to not make it awkward. <laughs> for him, I know that it was difficult. Like what what do you do in that situation after so much time? We see you for the first time and you're pregnant, you know? And I'm sure he had questions for this guy. Yeah, and you can't really ask the questions because then his parents are there, so that's awkward yeah. as well. So they invited us to her baby shower, which was at the end of that year, December 2018. And we thought, okay, we're on the right track to start having a relationship with her. She said she wants us to be a part of the grandbaby's life. Okay, cool. Baby shower happens in December, and right after the baby shower happens... That Wednesday, it was on a Saturday, and that Wednesday, she stopped all communication again. So we have not had a relationship with her since then. That was the last time we've seen her, like in person. Um, We have not met our grandson. We've seen pictures like through her Facebook profile because we are blocked. So there's only certain things that we can see. Um, She recently, in November, got married, didn't invite us, didn't tell us, so... That was difficult for me because to know that my husband missed out on meeting his grandson, I haven't had an opportunity as well. And then to know that he didn't get to walk his daughter down the aisle, that was that was difficult. And I'm, that's a big blow, you know. And again, there's nothing that I can say or do to help the situation. Mm-hmm. There's no right words at all. And so people who know us from so many years ago and saw the relationship, they're, they're like, they're shocked to know that she has a kid and that she's married and that we don't have a relationship with her. She's reached out a couple of times just to express her feelings as to why she hasn't been around, why she doesn't want us a part of her life. Um, and recently reached out to my husband about some questions she had uh, about an experience that she went through when she was super young and wanted to get details. And it's it's like once in a blue moon, she'll reach out just to get some questions answered and then cold turkey again. So it's like ripping off a Band-Aid slowly. Like, mm-hmm. it's still there, for me at least. And so as a step-parent, we don't, we don't get a lot of credit for the stuff that we go through. Like, step-parents are always looked at as maybe the evil stepmother or evil stepdad and that's not always the case like you're as much invested emotionally yeah like there's a lot of the times where I've cried because I miss the you know the nights that we would watch you know cheesy you know uh, romantic comedies Mm -hmm. you know high school romantic comedies and cuddle up on the couch or in our bedroom and my husband would be watching football or doing something else and it was just her and I or the times that we would just go to sip and dip and have dates um or even when we would watch like cheesy scary movies and cuddle up on the couch and be like okay we know what what to expect but we're still gonna watch it anyways and so I invested a lot of my heart and my time in her too and so um when everything started happening I would reach out to her I would message her I mean I have messages like just a, a long feed of messages that I would send her like through if Facebook even if you're not talking to him maybe you could talk to me and we can try and yeah bridge that gap and, yeah you know she has not responded to any of my messages since 2018 maybe 2017 
And, I, and I've tried. I think she responded once in regards to her baby shower, me asking, like, do you need anything? Do you need any help? Let's have some girl time. Let me take you to get a pedicure, manicure, get you pampered because you're pregnant. Let's get you a prenatal massage. And literally, that was, I think, once or twice that year, 2018. And since then, she doesn't even look at my messages. And there's times where, you know, she would look at my husband's messages and read them, but not even respond. Like, it's, there's nothing there. And so it has been difficult. And as, as again, as step-parents, like, we don't get enough credit for the time and the love that we invest. Like, they're much, they're, they're, they're our child just as much as our biological ones, you know? And so I can only speak on my behalf and, and other blended families that I know that have been through this, like... Like, give us the credit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For we sure. love them just as lo- as much as we love our own, you know. And so, it's been difficult. Um, I, I, I mean, for my husband, I know that there's times where you know he won't even share what what he's going through. Not because you know he doesn't. It's just like, what good does it do to keep you know sitting, yeah, in the past and thinking about what could have been and the shoulda, coulda, woulda. It's like. We can't do that now. We can only hope for restoration in our family to have a relationship with her to someday, you know, meet the the baby um, who is two now. He just turned two in January and she's 21, um, you know, and to have a, a, a relationship with the hu- her husband now. Yeah. Like, I'm happy that she was able to get married to the person she, you know, had a child with. Like, that's important. Um, so, and that's a good example for her son as well. So I just, I hope that we can restore, you know, our relationship and, and, you know, just, it, it will never get back to normal, but it's definitely difficult some days. Like I was looking at pictures yesterday of our wedding and I was looking at, um, the father daughter dance that my husband and my daughter did. And just remembering how she said she wasn't going to be emotional and here she is, this 13-year-old girl, crying, and he's <laughs> laughing, you know, like kind of making fun of her. And I'm just like, I remember those moments and those memories. Like, that's his little girl. That will always be his little girl. And I think if it wasn't for having my son, it would have been a lot more difficult for my husband to go through this. But because my son is so young, like, he's had to, like, all right, I got to focus. Like, I still have this other one that I yeah. need to raise and be there for and still be excited for and happy and joyful. But through that, you know, there's still some pain. There's still some hurt. There's still some unanswered questions. We still, to this day, we continue to ask, like, what was it? Like, yes, there's some things that we've discussed, but exactly what was it that made you not want to see us or talk to us or even message us? Yeah, like, Mm -hmm. can you just explain? Because we've apologized so much now that now we have no idea why we don't have a relationship anymore. So I just, I know that blended families go through a lot, you know, even from just talking about chores or talking about um, reprimanding a child and and what that looks like. And, you know, are you going to ground them? Are you not? Are you going to take something away? Are you not? Or it's just. And what, what are you able to say? You know, who does the reprimanding? Do you know, there's. I never wanted to be the person. <laughs> I never did. Because, again, I never wanted her to look at me as, like, the evil step-parent. Okay, so we are going to move into what we call Fast Five. And so this is when I ask you five random this or that questions okay. that are essential to getting to know the real you. Okay. So, passenger or driver? Oh, I want to say driver because I get car sick if we're driving that's me i'm always car sick and so i hate being a passenger i'd rather drive if i'm gonna be a passenger i need to go to sleep now if we're going on vacation and my husband i know like he loves to drive i'm sleeping in the car so maybe not so much i always pack dramamine so i'm good to go that's me i'm I'm, and i've been like that since i was a kid like car sick i just think it's to where we're going i know how to get there let me drive yes um what's worse laundry or dishes Oh, goodness. Um, dishes, I guess. <laughs> I don't I don't mind either of them, actually. Like, I, I, I see so many people like, oh, loads of laundry. It's all clean, but not to fold them. Like, for me, I'm like, organizing. Like, I love doing the laundry, <laughs> getting it out of the way, folding it, and putting it away. Will it stay there for a couple of days? Yes, maybe. But dishes, I don't mind. I actually have a bad habit. As soon as I walk through the door after I get home from work, 
normally say hi to my husband and my son. Sometimes I don't even do that, and I just start washing dishes. Like, <laughs> just put my stuff down and wash dishes. I don't mind either, but I'll say dishes over laundry. Burgers or tacos? Oh, tacos. For <laughs> sure. Yep, tacos for sure. Are you a hard taco or a soft taco? Um, as long as it's corn tortilla, I'm good. So whether it's hard or soft, I'll go for soft. Winter or summer? I love winter. What? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm originally from up north, and I love Christmas, and being down here in Florida for so long, like, you know, you don't get to see the snow, you don't get to experience the four seasons, so I I am a elf-obsessed fan, so, like, Christmas to me and winter is, like, I just picture New York, so, like, I want to see all the Christmas lights, and I want to see all the snow, I just don't want to deal with the cold, so... Yeah. I like cold, like to visit, and then be like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes, that was fine. fun. Yeah. Now let's go. But home. you know what? During the summer here, sometimes I'm just like, can we move? Can we just move somewhere where there's no humidity? Like, let's just move up north. And then I'm <laughs> when like, you just yeah, walk out, and you just start sweating. Yeah. and sticky. You think about it, and you're already sweating. All right, last one. Toilet paper over or under? Over. I will get reprimanded if it's under. I purposely at times will joke with my husband and put it under or not even put it on the actual roll. And I'll just sit it there to see what he says. But he's definitely over and I'm over as well. Um, so I will make sure that your business, The Curious Cub, is tagged in our show notes um, because we carry some of our products in our store. Um and they're amazing, and I love all of your uh, sensory bin and boxes and stuff you put together. So we'll make sure to tag you in that. And I want to thank you for coming thank and chatting. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk to you soon. And I'll see you, obviously. Yes. But <laughs> I do want to give a shout out to you, just so you know. And this is this is a testimony, so people can know. Like you never know who you meet and when you meet them, what kind of relationship you're gonna have spun off of that one time you know meeting um but when you approached me at the harmony farmer's market like it was my first farmer's market and i had no idea what i was doing this was just <laughs> something i had just started i had made all this rice and i'm like i'm gonna sell 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 and i'm like great i have all this stuff left over and i have no idea what to do and for me it was something i'm like really concerned about because i had spent this money investing into all these things yeah. and i'm like I should have known from the jump, like, just make a little and sell whatever you have. And when you approach to ask, you know, hey, uh, if you have rice, like, I would love to buy wholesale, whatever. I was like, yeah, sure. Like, I had no idea. <laughs> and I was so excited. Like, somebody actually spoke to me at my first farmer's market, gave me information about the monthly market. And I'm like, okay, this is an open door. And then when you asked to buy the rice, being like, whatever you have left over, I was like, thank you, Jesus, because I had no idea what I was going to do. Like, that was a blessing in disguise because God knew what I needed. And you showed up and you purchased the rice and now it's in your store and so I'm grateful it's not about numbers for me it really isn't I really do enjoy interacting with people because I am introvert believe it or not and so this forces me to be that extrovert it forces me that at markets I can meet and speak to people and like just get to know them like even if they don't buy I don't care let's build a relationship and yeah. have a conversation you, you want to take the ideas take the ideas because <laughs> nothing I do is original so that's okay but thank you for the opportunity because it means a lot no problem but I will see you soon and thanks for coming. Thanks. Bye. Bye guys.